Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 483. Today we're going to take a look at the Colts and Coulters expansion for the Golden Ages. So you can see here's the expansion box, and then here is the original edition, which I reviewed probably a little over a year ago at this point. Now these are both the Stronghold editions. If you haven't played the Golden Ages, it made my top 10 games, not last year, but the year before. Uh, it's a kind of a Euro uh, streamlined civilization game plays in about 90 minutes, uh, which I talk a lot about in that review. Excellent game. But today we're going to talk about the first expansion for that game. So let's jump in and talk about all the new stuff in the expansion. Then I'll give you my thoughts on it. Okay, so here we can see a bunch of different components, and I'm going to show you all the new stuff that you get here. One of the main things is you get a new player board here. You can see in the black color, so you can actually play this up to five. Uh, there actually are some new uh, one size tiles for the map board out here for use in a five player game. The other thing to note is this was the little action cheat seat here at the bottom of the player board. That hasn't changed even on the new board, but there is a little bit more clarification in the form of these player aid cards. Uh, there are some new actions or some changes to the actions, I should say, as well as a nice little reminder of the end game uh, victory points, which are also updated, of course, for some of the new expansion stuff there. Now a couple other things to note, you have this big culture board here, which you're going to make a lot of use of. There are updates to the leaders, uh, the future technologies, the history cards, and the wonders with some new cards from the expansion. There's some other new cards up here, there's new buildings and so on. So let's kind of jump into a little bit of the new stuff. If you remember from the original game, one of the actions you can do is to go to this Agora tile here. You can take one of your workers off the board there, and you can just score three victory points. Well now, instead of that action, you can score three victory points, or you can take one of these masterpieces. And there's going to be six of these out, and then players can uh, go and take these, and then they'll keep these. There might be some endgame bonus points on the cards. But these are usually always going to be better than just scoring three points. For example, this one will give you uh, one point and three bucks. Or this one will give you one point for each different resource type that you are controlling currently on the board. This one will give you two points and two bucks. And you can see these are famous artworks from uh, various regions around the world. And so you can take these instead of just getting three points, you can get something a little cooler there. Or once these are all gone, you can also take the action to get three points. So these are called uh, masterpieces here. Now the next addition to talk about, and this is really the big part of uh, the expansion, is the cultures and the cult stuff. Uh, so this is the culture board here, and here you can see I've lined out all of the age one uh, culture cards, but you only usually do five, and then if somebody takes one, you draw another one. And then once you move into age two, of course, you're gonna expand. And these are gonna feel very civ-like. Uh, so they're gonna grow over time. So for example, one of the governments you can get at the beginning here is a monarchy. And then towards the end, you can get communism and so forth. So the way that these work, as you can see for the black player, I have this little bookmarker here, and then one for each player is gonna go in this spot here. And then there's a new disc that comes with the game for each color, and this is going to track the culture tech. And this actually this is kind of a way to audit how far you've advanced. It makes it quickly and easily uh, referable to. So the first thing you can see are these sort of requirement spaces. So for example, if at any time in the game you have six bucks in your possession, then you can instead take a culture action, and it doesn't cost any work or anything. It's just a free action that you can take on your turn, and you can say, okay, for my turn, I'm going to get advance and culture here because I've got money. Or if you have one wonder built, I could take that, and the next time 
if I take an action to advance further on this track, I need to have two wonders built. Or if I need three cities out, then I can advance here. So no matter which track you advance on, whenever you advance and take the culture action, you can just grab a culture card there. So this will, is interesting because you kind of force yourself to focus on different trees. Like for example, if we zoom in a little bit there, uh, we can see at the top here, if you have developed any of the five cost technologies, basically from the third column, then you can go here once you develop an eight cost and so on. So if you're big into developing technologies, then you can kind of focus here. If you're gonna to go to war a lot, as soon as you've executed your first war, then you're allowed to move here as a culture action. But no matter which track you move up on, you're always gonna be able to get a selection from the available cards. And so these cards, whenever you move up, you take one of these cards. And so for example, you may take a government card. And this one, for example, will give you an extra coin. So if you go into uh, a golden age, when you flip your capital city up, instead of getting two coins, you get three. The thing with these governments is you can only ever have one. So if I took this monarchy, and then on the later turn, I took this city state, which reduces the cost of my wars by a buck, I have to discard my monarchy. So you can only ever have one a government up. And then there's many of these brown ones here. And these are gonna kind of change over time. So this one you can see is similar to one of the technologies on your player board where you get a buck for uh, taking control of stone. Well, this will give you an extra buck. So maybe you kind of double down on that strategy based on how the map moves. Or you might get this cartography card here, and this is gonna allow you to give you plus one movement in addition to whatever movement you already have. So that's really cool. Uh, and there are also, also some masterpiece cards. So not only can you get the masterpieces with the art action, but you can go here and these just give you some extra points. And then finally we have, in this example here, a cult. And this is kind of like the religion in the game. So if you were to take this cult card, you'll take it and put it in front of you, and then you have these little assorted markers here of these various religious symbols like so. And you can pick and choose which ones you want to put on the card. So I'll take five here, just kind of randomly, and I'll put those on the card. And what I'm trying to do is actually leave these around on the board itself. So as I uncover these, and maybe I leave a Christianity symbol here, and then a Buddhist symbol, another Christianity symbol. At the end of the game, anything that I've revealed here is going to be worth points. But these ones on the board, you can see, also have a point marker. These may or may not be worth points for me at the end of the game. They could even be worth points to somebody else. Well, how do you actually spread your religion? Well, you do that simply by founding cities. So if I as an action, took the basic found the city action, I move here, and then I would put a cube on the board here. I would then put a religious token marker in an adjacent city. So I take one off the board here, like this one, for example, and I would put that there. And you have to do that if you can. So you've got to put it in a city. So you gotta be very careful about where you move. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is you can never have the same token of the same kind in the city. So you can't have two Christianity tokens there. There's already one there. You've got to go and put another one out there of a different kind. So if somebody else had put one here earlier or something, then you want to kind of have a diversity of tokens there to put out. And then at the end of the game, whoever ends up controlling this space is going to get one point, as you can see, for each of these markers. And if multiple people control the space, uh, then everybody gets the points. The other thing to know is as you move up this track, so let's say I took the asking here to get a culture marker, I'm gonna move up this track here. So maybe if I moved up here, I move again and again. And all this is really doing is just kind of making it easy to count 
how far you've moved up, how many advances you've taken. Uh, and it's also very easy to audit where you should be here. Now, the thing to note about this is this actually will dictate the turn order. So the further you move up in the culture track, the more you take this culture action, then you're gonna be able to respond uh, first on the following turn. So you wanna really advance this marker as well. And then the tiebreaker is similar to the uh, you know, the basic game where you just look at the number, the initiative number here on whatever leader card is face up. And here's a good example of a new leader where it allows you, once you play this, basically at the start of the game, because this is age one, you're gonna get a free culture advancement. And randomly, this is my strategy with this one because I've actually played with it, is I'll just take this one because I don't have to worry about actually having that much money to do it. I can kind of spend the money because this is sort of, you know, you're always spending money in this game. So anyway, a lot of the new cards and new wonders and things uh, will base themselves on the religion, on the cults, on the culture stuff, and on some of the new things, uh, not just to do with those two uh, new aspects, but they give you some other cool, uh, you know, variability in the gameplay as well. And I should say, you can actually see that some of these culture cards, I should have mentioned this before, this is actually a building, but it's not a building card, it's a, it's a culture card. So you can actually get some buildings out of this uh, as well. Okay, so that is the Cults and Cultures expansion. Uh, I think it's a great expansion. Uh, as you know, I really enjoyed the game before. I think this expansion could sway players uh, that didn't uh, enjoy the base game as much. Uh, so uh, for me, it actually kind of fills in some holes that didn't exist until I realized, oh, I see they kind of fixed this. <laughs> and so that's kind of cool. I was like, I didn't realize that was such a problem. Uh, it, not, not that it was a big problem, but I was like, oh, I kind of see that, you know, they've definitely improved the game here uh, in a spot that I think other players, not that I've heard them say this, but I could say, oh, I bet somebody probably didn't like this and gave them some feedback about it. Uh, one example is the, uh, the availability of money in the game. Now, this is gonna make it so you can at least attempt to set up some more combinations to generate and get uh, some more money uh, and you know, make it a little bit easier to get that way. A couple other things that it does, for example, you can get a uh, slot on the war track, because you remember you can only go to war four times and it gets increasingly expensive, but one of the culture cards gives you a technology of gunpowder, for example, and there's some other similar examples like that. So that gives you an extra slot that you can pay pay $5 for to do another war action. So it adds a little bit there in terms of that. Uh, there are some cards even that allow you to like remove cubes off the board. So you have to be very considerate of that because cubes are control of different uh, you know resources, which sometimes depending on your end game bonus uh, can be big, but sometimes you want to be able to sort of get cubes out in different spots. And once they're out there, especially once you get the technology, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the crane where it allows you to put two cities out when you found a city. Uh, so you have to put two out. Sometimes you have like that odd cube out, so you want to get some cubes back. So that's very nice, kind of fixes that if you get yourself kind of stuck in that way. Um, the other thing is, is, in terms of the war, is there's some that allow you to sort of take a peek at the different war tiles. And I know some people don't like this particular mechanic. It's similar to what happens in Eclipse, where you do combat and you draw a random tile and it's worth a random number of victory points. I really enjoy that. It's kind of a nice sort of in incentive to go and try to do combat. This will allow you to like look at and replace some and kind of mitigate the luck of that whole combat aspect. I do really enjoy the culture track and that's sort of the main thrust of the game and the expansion. Uh, they're very thematic, you know, like the different governments, you can only have this one government. You have these different sort of 
economic engine types of cards that you can get out. Uh, some of the later uh, cards in terms of the economic engine are very interesting because once you kind of like control like a certain type of resource, one example off the top of my head is like robotics, where you can convert those resources into victory points by spending some, some of that extra money that you hopefully have been getting and then converting that based on which resources you control on the board. In, in the case of robotics, it's stone or silicone, right? And then you convert that into victory points and get more culture or, or victory out of it. Uh, some of the governments, you know, like in the later age, uh, well, in the starting age, they're going to give you sort of, again, augmentation and mitigation of some of the stuff you do. But then the later age, you can like kind of, a one that comes to mind is communism, where you can kind of blow up all the religion that you control, remove it, and then possibly get some points out of it if you've got money for it. Uh, you know, you've got some others that you can more quickly spread religion and stuff like that. Uh, so those work really well. And I really like the mechanic of how it's kind of generalized in a way because again you can move up any of those tracks kind of based on what you're doing but then you can kind of fill in and sort of strengthen the weaker parts of your strategy so if you're doing like a lot of war stuff uh, you can go up that track but then you can grab the culture cards that maybe don't necessarily have to do with war they do with making more money and stuff so you can really kind of explore and game to game is going to be kind of changing up how those cards come out and so on now I will say, I haven't had a chance to play this two player and it was actually pretty fun, but the one thing about it was it got a little bit stagnant in terms of how kind of flushing out those culture cards. Whereas when you play with more players, more people are doing it, so they're coming out. So there's usually gonna be something cool that you want to choose. But I found kind of like later in the game with a two player game, uh, you had to, it was a little bit more difficult to work around. It's not that I didn't like it. I actually kind of enjoyed it more with two players uh, with the expansion just because there was more going on uh, than I did the base game because in my opinion it's a Civ game so obviously you want as many players as possible because that feels more like a Civ game uh, but I think it improves the two-player game I still would rather just play with three or four but it's some of the you know technologies and abilities and stuff they're kind of geared towards yeah if there's only one other player it's not really that great um, you know so you want to be able to bounce off some of that a little bit better with more players but it did feel a little bit more interesting two-player because there was just that much more going on and that much more to try to grab, like, oh, I don't want them to have that culture card and so on. Uh, but you do want to kind of get that, those culture cards kind of cycled through. It's something you gotta keep in mind with the two-player game. It wasn't something I disliked. I could see other people being kind of frustrated with that. Um, not for me though, I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, I like the addition of religion and stuff. I like the new masterpiece thing instead of just going and getting three points, which is like, I would never do, but you get these masterpiece cards that give you some extra money or possibly even more victory points. And, you know, you might have some technology or a uh, future technology cards that give you uh, bonuses for having a bunch of masterpieces and so on. Um, yeah, and the new leaders are very interesting and the new wonders are very interesting. So even, even if you just added those and didn't have the culture, even though a lot of those interact with the culture stuff, it's nice because it adds a lot more variety to, you know, what's going to happen in the game. So that's that's just a really good thing. Um, and i got to be frank, I mean, this has really moved the game quite high on my sort of all-time list. Uh, it was a game that I really enjoyed at the beginning. I was that was an excellent game. Um, and it kind of fits sort of that, I had kind of a grail of it where it was like, I really wanted that Civ game you could play in 90 minutes and it's still that. This doesn't really add much time to the game, you know, once you digest it and have played it a couple times. Um, but this adds that sort of 
extra thing that was missing. It adds that chrome, that kind of thematic sort of polish and, and frosting, you know, on top of a very nice, you know, balanced, elegant Euro that felt civvy and kind of scratched that itch, you know, pretty good. But now it really scratches that itch. It really gives you that just that extra little kind of space to kind of get your fingers into and explore and really kind of have that playfulness of, of a Civ game that a Civ game should have where you can kind of just get in that sandbox a little bit and kind of rummage around and play with the kind of interactions and combos of different things. Uh, so I definitely recommend the game. To me, it's I can see why the functionality was separated um, you know, I don't know if this was all designed and then they said, well, let's break it out or what, or this was all designed after the fact. Um, even if it was all designed up front, I can see why you would want to separate it out because I feel like having played the base game a number of times and then now coming into this and it's like, okay, this is what I wanted out of an expansion. This is that kind of thing that I wasn't really, didn't really know I was missing, but now that I go, oh, okay, this was missing and this is a must have, but I could see packing all that in at the beginning might have been kind of overwhelming for some people. So, uh, you know, it might just be a little bit, you might be like, well, this is just like a point salad game, you know? But now that it, there's been some time, you know, it's a perception issue, but there's been some time I'm like, oh, cool, this is all this neat stuff now. So I would say, you don't, if you want to get this game, you don't have to buy expansion right away, but I think eventually you would want the expansion. I would say this is kind of a must-have or, or as close to a must-have as you could get. So you, it's like an eventual must-have. <laughs> you may not need to write this right away to play the game and enjoy it, but you're going to want it soon. Okay, so that's the Cults and Cultures expansion. Definitely take a look at it. Thanks. Thanks.